0: Okay, welcome back to Young Woman on a Mission. Here with Jocelyn Lowe, Lakeisha, and Ray. How you ladies doing?
1: Hola. Oh,
0: <laughs> okay. Um, today's episode is the silent killer. This is a very important topic on today. Um, and I got these two amazing young women here today. They're gonna tell their stories. Um, so we're gonna just jump right into it with
1: rage. Woo woo woo! <laughs> Hi guys. Um. So, um. As as Jocelyn said, today's episode is called the silent uh, killer. And for those who have been wondering what the silent killer is, this topic is one topic that makes most people uncomfortable. This is on depression um, and suicide. Um, so, a little bit about. Me, I was born and raised in the city of Richmond. I was, um, I went to Richmond Public Schools. I was, you know, raised in the heart of Churchill. And um, growing up was uh, very indifferent for me and um i had happy times but i had just as many sad times as i had happy times right but one thing um growing up in a household as an only child in my household i was able to see the world for um in a in a brighter light so i always saw the better um in things so i would say my first real experience with depression probably came at around like the age of like 12 so right around good puberty okay, okay. Yeah. so right around good puberty is when i really started to feel um very depressed and suicidal because i was bullied i was picked on um a lot about what i looked like um about my clothes um about my appearance and i was a straight a student and you know a cheerleader and all of those other wonderful things that they say that you should be to make you popular right but i didn't really care about being popular i needed friends i wanted friends i didn't have no friends you know what i'm saying so i'm like oh my god these people pick on me they don't right. like me right. Ah. Right. so what started happening was is i became a cutter and i i mean i would do it and then like hide my little cutting my little t-shirts and then one day um my mom my mom kind of caught me but she didn't she did we left it, you know, we kinda let it be where it was. Right. At. And so, you know, then my parents were oh it will it'll be okay, you know, it'll you know, it will heal before you turn thirty like you all good, it's they just haters or whatever. But when you tell twelve years old, you don't know what that, you know, what the hell a hater is. You ain't worried right. about no hater. Right. Like, so, you know, growing up, you know, I became mean. I became super, super mean and um, super, super unapproachable at the same time trying to just be me and just, you know, kind of got out. So as I went through, like, my high school years, I kind of thought, like, all right, I'm good. I ain't going to cut no more. Like, I'm right, happy. Right. I'm so happy, but, y'all. Like, I'm happy. Right. I got friends, everybody, but I'm, I'm so happy. But then it started to happen again, Right. and so I became more of a cutter, and then um, I became more closed off, and I had yeah, even started popping pills. I right. started doing, you know, a whole lot of different stuff. But I wasn't popping like no drugs. I'm in high school. I couldn't get no drug drugs. But you know, I was going heavy on the Advil right. and the ibuprofen because okay. I knew I didn't want to be here. Right. So I um. You know, I would push those things and push those things. And instead of talking about it, I would just kind of sweep it under the rug. So, yeah. you know, fast forward until my earlier 20s. And I just knew I was over it because I'm like, I'm at a place where it's not as bad. And actually it had gotten worse. Um, So what I noticed in my earlier 20s is that I started to have nightmares about my childhood. Mm-hmm. And at first I was just like sleeping on it. It just a nightmare, whatever. It's a nightmare. It's whatever. Once those nightmares became louder and they became more frequent, I started asking questions. Right. So I started to go to my parents and ask them questions. What I found out in that is that it took me all the way back to my child, childhood. Right. So in the beginning of this, I told y'all, you know, it was, it was good and it was bad and I saw the light. So when I was here, I was raised, um, I was raised by my great grandmother, you know, rest, rest in peace. I love my big mom to life. Um, And I was around her, so I got to learn those things that little girls learn, you know, responsibility. And those things, but when Big Mom went around, I was with other people. And while I was with other people, things were happening to me. Um, So I was, you know, um, sexually abused by a family member. And what I remember most about it is the therapy. What I remember is the sandbox that was in the office, it smelled like old crayons. And I remember this white man with no hair and glasses. And he would always be asking me questions. And I, and I always remember he would ask me those questions with or without my mom. And I would still never answer those questions. So it became a waste. And I thought maybe I was tripping. So when I got older, I asked my mom, hey, mom, what happened? Right. She confirmed it. When she, when she confirmed that, right. then everything changed for me. Right. So now I'm asking more questions. So why is this and why is that and why is this? So finally... I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? And I got abused by this family member on top of that. And then on top of that, I started hearing other things from other family members about how I was actually abused in other situations. Right. Um. And so when I thought about those things and I went through those things, I was like, I started to resent a lot of people and a lot of things. And it made me feel so empty and ugly inside. And what I noticed on top of that, like it was I was like I was acting out. You know, people are like, you know, you were so beautiful, you so confident, not realizing that I don't even look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Even at 29 years old, the only time you see me in the mirror is when I'm putting on my makeup for an event, right? And I don't really be in the mirror. I don't talk to myself right here. Like my conversations in the mirror go like this. So they used to go like this, like you're pathetic like you're weak like you're nothing you're nobody and those because that's what I was used to hearing right and and now granted I will say my family never, a lot of my family never said those things to me but because my family wasn't there and nobody talked about it anything the people in the streets got to tell me that and for me that felt like validation right um right around the time that I was at that same age and I typically don't talk about it like that but I'm gonna talk about it because it's a part of healing my parents um separated My parents were married. I mean, they they were together like, I think like 15 years, both like before I was born or whatever. And then they got married when I was like 12 or something. And then they they separated the year after that. Once they separated and they even growing up, my parents were young. They were like in their mid-20s, but they were young in the mind. So they were working and they just worked and did their thing Right. they worked and did their thing so nobody was there to tuck me in and say baby girl you're beautiful no matter what you're gonna do this this and this Right. and, and I didn't receive that validation at home so I decided to go outside and, and receive that validation and then so then I started so then I started to use my body I lost my virginity when I was 12 years old to a young gentleman who was 17 years old at the time Right. and see in my mind that's okay because that's right. what I'm used to seeing Right. in my mind that's what I'm used to being around in my mind even at Once after that, I became 15, 16, 17, I was able to do everything that I wanted to do because I was still making straight A's and I was still the quote unquote looked at as the golden child who never went through anything, and that was fine. But what I realized is that those things were compiled up in a ball of anger, and that anger I started to put out on everybody else. My especially in my in my relationships, like business. Personal, whether we sleeping together or not, you my friend, you getting this work. That's how it was. And I almost lost all of those people. And it took some real, real tough love and people who really gave a shit about me to say, like, I'm really about to stop dealing with you. And it's not even because I don't de- love you, and so it, it really made me to look at okay, so why am I so angry? What is so wrong? And it always I, I went to therapy every day. I find my therapist. I went in there. I started talking to her on a couple of days. I started to crack the surface on what was going on. That lady looked mortified. I said, "Nope, we can't. We can't bond because right. you're not. We're not here." So I feel like I'm spending this money with you, right? But I'm not getting no healing. I'm, I'm not right. feeling this healing, right. and, and you know. um... And I'm, I'm you know, I'm married and, you know, me and my husband have gone through a lot and we fought through a lot. And he was one of the people who really kind of helped me see and put what I was going through in some type of perspective to make me face it. But once I opened up Pandora's box, I was not ready for that. Right. I was not ready for that. So even right now, as we're on this and we're being transparent, I'm going through a situation. So, um... You know they say to move forward, but you gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. You gotta go through. And one of the things that I never learned how to do was forgive—not just them, but forgive myself. Right. Exactly. Gotta... I never knew how to forgive me. Right. For 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 feeling bad about what I had gone through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it made me look in the world like a different because, like, like my typical childhood days in Richmond consisted of fighting, fighting, fighting all the time and all I wanted to do was watch watch TV or God outside or color or draw or play hot sky like I didn't I just I didn't want that and then you know to have somebody constantly yelling at you right. and I was always being yelled at I had an aunt she yelled so much she right. yelled all the time all the fucking time she was always angry and always mad and I realized that she was probably going through her own things mentally right. and I was not aware of but a lot of me and my uh, you know a lot of us were subjected to a lot of things you know I watched my aunt get hit in head with a hammer and shot her wow. husband in the head with a BB gun. And I don't, I, I, couldn't have been more than five or six years old. So, you know, you when you flash back to those in your older years, it really makes you think it was crazy. I, I tell y'all, I thought right. I was fucking crazy. Right. I thought I was really going through some things. And then not only that, after all of that and just, just kind of to sum all of that up, when I, around the age of 15, 16, I was raped. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I was right um and then when I was around 17 I was saved from a date rape. Oh wow. So it really put me in a horrible place when people I would let people get as close to being friends with me or being open with me, but I would not let you get as close to me for me to be vulnerable around you right. or mm-hmm. with you. And um because crying was a sign of the week. Even though as a child, I cried a lot. I was pumped. But that's how but, it, it was. You know, that's yeah. how it was. was and the then, thing. you know, this year, this year, I got a call. Like, I knew that my um, my family member was getting out of jail. I knew. I've known this for at least um, a few years. And I said to myself, "Bet." So, they're going to get out. Right. I'm going to say this. Right. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna be ready for it. I'm with it. I'm with right. it. I'm with it. I'm. I got this. Right. I had to talk to myself. Right. He ain't never get out of jail. Right. All right. I'm gonna move on with my life. I ain't got time. I'm just. I'm stressed out on the inside. It's just every single thing, every single day. I just don't. I just. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So this year, I, I turned 29, and on my birthday weekend, I got a call right. from his mama. And I got a call in the middle of work. I was at work. I was I was excited. I was in the salon. I was getting right. this good thing, good money thing. Get money. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. she called my phone. And I was like, it was well, she called my phone the day before and I ignored it. I was, it was like late. It was like real right. late. It was like, nah, it's my birthday gonna turn. I don't got time right. So the next day she called. Um, well, I called her back at the shop and I picked up the phone. She picked up the phone. Hey! Hey girl! Hey Auntie, how you been? Oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so, you know, he ready to get out here. You know what I'm saying? He in jail. He out or whatever. Now, granted, she had another son, an older son, whose birthday was the same day I called her back. So I'm like, yeah, because I wrote on his page, told him happy birthday. She was like, nah, I ain't talking about him. I'm Mm. talking about so-and-so. Right. Mm. And he want to see you. He want to sit down with you. Right. This is my birthday weekend, y'all. Right. Oh, okay. Right. And he he want me to give you his number. And he won't show number. Right. Before I could say any real thing. Right. She said, hold on. I'm like, all right, cool. What up? She going to take this call. She was like, hello. And all I heard was his voice. Right. Mm. And the look on my face, my coworkers was kind of looking at me like. Right. is she looking like this? she okay? And. I was mortified, y'all. Right. I'm sure. I was ready, too. I was mortified like shit. Right. And it took me, because I stayed on the phone and I had the conversation, but it was real kind of like awkward. It was dry. It was kind of like, yeah. You wasn't ready. And so, after that, I hung up, and that was the end of that. But it was on my mind. It was on my mind so much that when I left work that day, I cried, and I was just like, I feel crazy. And then I, and then a lot of stuff started rushing back. And it, it made me feel even worse. Right. What I think made me even worse about it is, I think either last year or two years ago, I had found the courage to actually have that conversation with my aunt. Because she was like, supposed to be one of my favorite aunts. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're supposed to be like that. And I had the conversation with her. About him. Oh, I didn't know. I ain't know. I ain't know. I ain't know. All right, cool. You know,
0: right.
1: Well, this is what it was, and this is how it made me feel. Right. And on top of that, on top of that, I'm going through verbal abuse and emotional abuse throughout the remainder of my life and relationships. Right. And. Still never yearning for me because it's always, well, you shouldn't kill yourself for nobody. You should try to kill yourself for no. But ain't nobody giving me no real healing. We just going right, to just right. say you shouldn't do it and send you on about your way and she'll be okay. Right. Not realizing that I'm dying and in the inside. inside and I'm trying to figure out why. And every time the, the me comes out, everything bad about me is overshadowing where I'm trying to swim out. Right, and it, and it's and it's hurting me, and nobody sees that it's hurting me right. because all they see is what other people are saying positive about me, not realizing right. I don't give a shit right. about none of that. I just want to be sane and happy right, right. here, right. and whole right here, and I'm not. So, you know, we talked about it. I was, I felt good. I was, brave. I had talked to my grandma about it, baby. gonna talk to her. You should talk to her, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that, and I talked to her. And I got a call not long after that telling, saying that I was told that I was a whole liar. Now granted, when you are a child it's already, especially in most black communities, it's stay in a child's place. You don't right. speak unless you've been spoken to. Mm-hmm. You keep this in our house and all that other bullshit right. that they try to feed us. Right, right, right. And I think what, what just hurt me the most about that is I was supposed to be like your daughter. You right. don't even have any daughters. And out of all things, why do I have to be the liar and the monster? Because you can't believe that something. What your monster did. What your me. monster did. But then I went back. Right. One thing again, in that forgiving part and forgiving other people, you got to go back and realize what they had went through. Right. I don't know what the shit she went through, but she went through some shit. Right. That, that, that I know for a fact. Right. So you're, you're, you're breathing out. And the same abuse you used to give to me and all of my other little cousins you gave to your children. Right. But your children are way older than it than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So we didn't we don't talk about that type of stuff like that. And to be told by a person that you're a liar right and then how to see that person and they speak to you as if nothing is wrong right. it's like an insult to injury. Right. And right. I find that even now in today I'm finding a hard time to try to balance because again, when you are a child you are seen and I heard. Right. But every time you see me and I hear me, something happened to me, mm-hmm. and every time something happened to me now in my life, or oh, I caused it, or oh, I had to have been doing something, right. or oh, I had to have been doing this, but then y'all trying to figure out why I can't emotionally be attached to any of that because right. all I right. seen was fucking trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I and my escape was through my art, right? My escape was through my creative, right? Touch, with right? Whatever it is that I touched, that was, right. was my outlet, right? So when when even in my adult life where my outlet is not working for me, it causes me causes me great depression. I think I had a I, I had a mental breakdown even even this year. Right. I had a mental breakdown about my whole entire life and where I stood as a person, where I stood as a woman and how I couldn't take care of me but I was mentally taking care of the people around me. Everybody how else. I was giving all of that right. energy that I couldn't yeah. even receive or give back to right. myself. How I could talk that person off the ledge but couldn't talk my per myself right. off the ledge right. or how I can make you feel beautiful and I go home and I feel like shit. Right. Yeah. And I still couldn't understand. Right. And then it was like, well, maybe you need to try medicine or maybe you need to try this. Well, guess what? I have a lot of friends in the beauty industry who also went through the same thing, who also had this happen to them. And they're not doing too good right now on medication. Right. Maybe that's not for me. Right. So even right now, this is therapeutic for me being able to talk about it and to, to, you know, speak by truth about it. Yeah. you know it made me a little bit uh be more open with my parents and, and really talk about them you know because it took me it took it took i think the first time i said i lost my virgin i was like i was 14 and he was 16 and like he moved away right. like, i recently just told both my parents y'all, i was 12 right i was busting it open all the time and he was yeah <laughs> right he was old right and so but after saying that right And my parents didn't judge me for it. Right. It felt felt so good. Yeah. And it made me feel like when I finally have children, I'm going to be able to share this with my child. And my child is going to be able to receive it and to move differently than I did. Right. Because everybody used to look at me, well, you grew up an only child and you're spoiled, you're spoiled, you're spoiled. You get everything you want. First of all, I may get everything that you think that I want, but I don't got nothing that I need. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. I don't got nothing that I need. I didn't have, I legit did not have my father from like, like there for me from 12 to 29. Right. He just came around back in 2029. The right way. Right. And to be without, and then even down to my mom, my mom's my best friend, but we didn't talk. We didn't talk, talk. Like you would talk to your children until my adult life. Mm -hmm. And I missed out on, on all of that. And all I had to fall back on was do whatever the fuck you want to do. You right. Know? You got these good grades. You popular. You popping. It's cool. Right. And like I it said, I, it was the thing. It was thing, And it was just kind of like, well, I don't really care about that because when I go home, I can't tell all y'all same hoes my deepest darkest secrets. secrets. Right. I can't tell y'all about the person who touched me. I can't tell y'all about right. the person who raped me. I can't tell you about why I cut myself. I can't tell you about why I never thought I was beautiful. I can't tell you any of that. Right. Mm. right so all of that y'all saying don't really matter to exactly me. and what i find to be the hardest is where was family right and you know they hate to hit that word and i'm probably gonna strike some nerves but guess what right. i stopped giving a fuck a long time ago right but it's like where was family family be like i've been there right yeah you was there because you saw the cuts Speak but did anybody it. think to say let me have a real conversation Speak with on you it. right i had a few Right. But I got a big ass family. Right. So I got way too much family for 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 nobody to have not noticed. Mm-hmm. Right. But I can't at the same time blame them for not noticing because maybe they were wrapped up in their own whatever they were wrapped up right. in. But but at the same time you need to pay attention to your children. Right. You need to pay attention to your adolescents. If you want us to grow up and be all of these beautiful things and right. and trial and travel and, and make the family rich or do all these other things, that you, you have to in. you have to nurture us and you have to pay attention to us. Right. And I'ma tell you, if it had not been for my for my big mom, my great grandmother and my grandma Gloria, who's my mother's mother, I probably would have killed myself a long time ago. Right. Like, and you know, most of the time that it happens is, well, you're not thinking about nobody else but yourself. You, you're you not worried about them. But my, my response to that would always be, well, ain't none of y'all motherfuckers thinking about me. Right. So why mm-hmm. the fuck do I need to not, uh, d- to be here for y'all's liking and you're not even here for me? Right. Right. How much do you give a fuck about me right. if I got to hold off my suicide? That's my choice, by the way. Right. Whether you like it or not, because you're going to feel some type of way. Right. Well, I've been feeling some type of way since I was this big, right. and I'm still feeling some type of way. What the fuck y'all at? Right. No way. Right. So and then it, and, it, and it would just make me so angry. Right. And at that point, it would just be like, well, I don't, I'll fuck with y'all. fuck you all i do not talk to none of y'all. Don't just get this money. I'm just right. like, worried about the, who, who here. Right. go. And then I had to realize, but how is that helping right. me? How are you really helping? It me. ain't really helping me. It's just turning me into the person that out. I, I don't want to be. it's keeping you be. numb. And it's keeping me numb. And I'm gonna tell y'all, for anybody who knows me, who's listening to this podcast, and y'all know me personally, y'all already know that my heart is solid. I got no filter. I say what I want to say. Right. And I think some people admire me for it, but it's a curse at the same time.
0: But I don't think... I think just sitting right here just talking to you and hearing your story, and um, I'm just listening to everything that you're saying, I think it's it's not that, you know, with you being unfiltered, it's just you've been through a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. So right. when you
0: speak in your authentic self, this is who you are. This is where you came from. Facts. You know what I mean? So it's like this is who you are. This Absolutely. Is, you came I, I, from I, And a I'll receive
1: that. I'll place. receive that because... You know, oftentimes it's just like, and I'm like, you know, I I fought hard to be this. To but you're not a bad speaker. person. Oh, you're thank a God. Person. And, I, and yeah. you know, and I, and I and I used to. But see, here's the thing. I never. I just started owning that. Yeah. I just started owning that I'm super dope. Like, right. I started owning that like I'm I'm the shit. Yeah. Like, and I'm a good person, and right. I spread good energy. Right. And when I meet other entrepreneurs who say the same thing, and it's yeah. to go home and not feel that same way, that's a, that's like a slap in the face. It's like a slight to myself, not to even be able to feel. Right. what others are feeling but it's like it, no matter how good somebody speaks up no matter how they praise you no matter how much they give to you if you're not feeling it for yourself it always never None is enough matter. it's never enough mm-hmm. and I think what I am at 29 is tired of it not being enough right. Right. I'm tired of not being enough or what I do in this world not being enough to me right mm. but I think um, I think you know just listening to your story
0: is um also is like I hear you, and you were saying you're just trying to pull yourself up. And sometimes it's like we give so much to other people, we we drown ourselves. Mm-hmm. We drown ourselves. Ain't it crazy mm-hmm. how we can drown ourselves yeah. doing stuff for other people? So it's like now at 29, who am I? It's mm-hmm. time for me to get up out of this water because you you say you're here, right? Your, your heart is still right. God still right. got you here. So now it's time for me to take back. Everything that I'm giving and giving and giving and giving away That's to just other people. You, say, I'm just, just a bit you so have I to. It. You have to though. You have Damn to. I it. it's like I didn't give to you, and you, and you, and you didn't. You had people take from you. Not only were you a giver, you had people take from you. Not because you wanted them to take. They took, so they took from you, and you give, and they took, and you give, and you take. So now it's like I'm at 29. I'm still breathing. God still got you for a purpose. So it's like everything that you went through is a beautiful thing. Absolutely, right. you know. So that's like, so
1: like a beautiful masterpiece. You know? Right. Exactly. And, um, a nightmare at the same time, but it—it's taught me a lot, and it's taught me. That I am stronger than I never felt that I could because right. if somebody tell you you gonna always be up under your mom and dad and you will always be spoiled mm-hmm. and you always be this and you always be that you start to take that shit on. It's a me, mess. Right. It's a mess. I mean, like, hold on, but I might, I might feel this way. You might feel this way, but right, my parents ain't got the problems that you got. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Curious, so don't right. talk to me about nothing. Right. Um. But you know that that's a that's another conversation yeah, for right. a whole mm-hmm. another day, but. You know, even every day, like I find myself, like I have to talk in the mirror, and I look in the mirror, and sometimes, yeah. like I'll just be staring, and I'll be trying to stare through who I'm looking at. Right, and like you can't stare yourself down, looking through yourself, you still do not right. see you. Yeah. So you may as well see yourself for something it that you. Right, and then you know, one thing that I'm getting into is energies, right? And mm-hmm. all yeah, attraction. Those are yeah, true. and how? Because oh, so here's the thing. I think That's here important. was the wake up point <laughs> for me, y'all. Here was the wake up point. So, um, you know, I'm this dope entrepreneur and artist, and I do all of these different talents, right? And I'm broke as hell. And ain't nothing I'm working for me. Right. And I did this this way. I said, well, maybe I should change my environment. Maybe I should change my people. Maybe I should change my friend. Maybe I should trade the way I eat. Maybe I should change the way I pray. And But you know what I didn't do? I didn't change the way I believed. Right. Mm. Right. I'm out here asking for shit that I ain't even believing in, number right. one. Then, number two... It was kind of like, well, how can you expect anything good to come out of your life when you speak so negatively over it? Right. Or how could you expect for anything to move forward in your life if you haven't even dealt with what your problems are? right? And then that's when I figured it out. It's not my environment. It's not my teammates. It's not my friends. It's not my spouse. It's me. It's It's me blocking my own blessings from myself. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I did was so here's the problem. Right. So then I found the problem. Right now I got to the bottom of the problem. Okay. So now I'm trying to That's heal from that. So every day that there's healing, I can say out of my own testimony, there are more doors that are opening. There's more sun that is shining, right. and um, I'm much more motivated than I've been in a very long time. That's awesome. Um, so that 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 whole phrase, law of attraction, it's in the power of the tongue. That shit is real for no. no it's people. real. It, it's really real. It's real. Believe it, please. It's real because if you if you speaking, I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars this year. Every day you say that to yourself. Every day I get up, I'm going to make $100,000. I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this person. I'm going to do that. And you say that stuff to yourself every day. Eventually you will start believing it. And naturally, you're going to start doing the things that you're supposed to be doing to get to that point. Right. Exactly. So you're aligning yourself up with that right type of energy. So I even found now, sitting on this. You know podcast talking about it this is getting me aligned with where I need to be so that I can still be successful in my career because I was right. like all right if I'm gonna be a depressed video, at least let me be rich right at least let my career right. work and right. I was like you're more than that so right. okay. I'm not gonna make this that easy for you just okay she was thinking I was okay okay okay, okay. okay.
0: so <laughs> And, and that's the thing, the guy we listen because he, he got it's so much stuff that he got in store for you. And it's like, no, I'm not if I can just give it to you, then life would just be easy. Thank and you. Everybody and life is not every, right. okay, we all everybody would be just would rich it. per se, right? You know, but it doesn't work like that. It does, and that's and but it's like the more you fight, the more it is that you know that he got for you, It right. makes it even more. And, like, and that's like, what exciting, I realized. Like,
1: Come on, come with it. I had to realize with all of this hurt and pain that I've been through, it ain't for no reason, no. Um, it it'll it'll help somebody. Yeah, it'll help me. Um, but then I just think about it at the end. I just be like, man, hurt me all you want to, cause my gift's gonna be so good. Okay, mm-hmm. it's gonna be okay. so good. Just let me go ahead and, and put a nice, shiny, glittery bow on that thing okay. when I open it. I'm just, my whole life will change. So I I don't recommend saying that you should, you know, accept the bad because it's. But that's tough. not what that's not what you're saying. Though. You know, but right. you, but you. You go through it, and all of the emotions that come with it, but what you get out of it is that you're coming out on top of it. Right. That's why I said, why not me? You know, know, exactly. And it's just like, why me? Why did I go through this? And you're right. It's like, why not me? I appreciate the ass whoopers. I appreciate the abuse. I appreciate being jumped. I appreciate being all of that. Because had not... Had I not I appreciate hell, I appreciate every friend, every mentor who's right. ever gotten my shit. I appreciate my husband for getting in my shit. Because right. had it not been for those instances and those people, exactly. I would have yeah. never been able to do what I'm doing now and just learn how to walk in my own door. Right. Okay. I would have never been able to do that.
0: Yeah. Because
1: right. I would have felt so entitled and, and what I realize is a lot of people who never go through anything, they, they're so close minded to people who Go through, go through things, things. and right. there, there, therefore, no healing can come of it because there's right. no one to understand, right. and there's no one to be empathetic or transparent. Right. Because a lot of the times we go seek these therapists, they tell you go to the doctor, honey, and they sitting there telling you about your life, and they got two side pieces, a husband that's cheap on, okay. five babies on the way, and, and that's they the reality there like, and that's their whole reality. Why they the sitting there like, it's... well, how do you feel? Instead of being open and transparent, right? Exactly. So, what I'm hoping that comes from this healing is that I can become another pioneer to the to the Why Not Me campaign, right to say that there are more people who can be successful, just as successful at any level in life, and it's okay. Yep. No matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've been through, yep. it's okay. Um, because a lot of that, I'm telling you, a lot of that that I went through left me lost in life. You know what I'm saying? I started selling my body, or I was tricking. I yeah. was tricking if you got it. Right. Real bad. I was, you know, stripping. I was running around here fighting. Right. I was running around here stealing. Right. I was running around here being mean to people, being right. nasty to people. I didn't give a shit. Right. And you know what? I really... It's like I cared about me so much, still trying to care about other people. And I'm trying to tell you, that shit did not work at right. you, exactly. you got to feel your cup. right? And you it's got to feel your cup first. And right. like I said, it all was just
0: coming from that a hurt. Because you got to remember, your adult, with you acting out as an adult, that was your hurt from a child. Right. You know? So it really wasn't you. It just was, that was the Fact. hurt. But it's good to know that. physical form. Right. But if you
1: don't take the time to know right. that, you're going to always think you're walking around with a bad. Right. And you right.
0: didn't use that as an excuse facts because right. that's another thing sometimes people keep yourself trapped so you play your own victim so it's right. like, well, i'm like this because i went through that 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 right. but I ain't keeps not track. It.
1: it keeps you trapped right. it but keeps you trapped right but did you right go ahead. did you did you decide to go further did you did you at least try to figure out right how you got that way and how not to be no alive? but they're so used to being a victim I, I, right. i'm safe here it's my safe
2: place it's safe right. being a victim and a lot of us stay in that safe place because that's where we're used to but some people come out because they know that we can handle it. Everybody can handle what you went through. Right, right. And you know, with us not with me not even knowing you and getting to know you, um, I would never know you was even a cutter right. for a social worker. But I but I'm just saying, but you know, because of where you are now and then but where you come from and people think because I'm in a single home I'm sorry. If people think because I'm in mm-hmm. a single home and it's and, and you, I mean not a single I'm sorry, but my mom and I'm the single I'm the only child right. that oh it's all glitter and gold and it's not because right. those are the ones that suffer with depression the most because they have everything they want, everything they or everything that they desire or, you know, it they don't know that you were going through something in your own and then they, your mom and your dad and not down in them. Right. But your mom and your dad was like, Well, she's the only child, you know, yes I can say yes and right yes I can say this. yes. Yes we we're, we're right. doing this and we're doing that. But then they didn't even know Mom, I'm suffering. Right. I'm hurting in the inside. I don't have everything I need. That, that was your silent killer because I'm hurting in the inside and you're thinking everything is okay. You're not even looking. And you're not asking. You're not exactly. asking. Exactly. Because right. materialistic things could be
1: gone. But if and inside, most of the time, I, I try to give all of those same things they gave me to my friends. Exactly. Because exactly. right.
0: you ain't even... I want
2: to share. I want to share my toys. Right.
0: So right. right. that,
2: that was your killer. And until you identify that um you wasn't able to heal, but because God knew that you could handle it, because I probably couldn't have been able to handle me cutting myself. Right. But I went through another type of depression. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, you could handle it. And now that I see now that people will see will probably look at you and say, Oh, she got a bad attitude. She right. But I've been sitting in the room for the last two and a half, three hours and you goof- you' goof not a bad thing you goof for you, I'm naturally
1: goofy you right me all the time <laughs> and you
2: you're telling your story, but I can tell that it's coming from a healing spot, right. and I can tell that you're still healing right exactly. but now you know and you like you said you have identified that so Somebody needs to hear that transparent because they don't they, they haven't heard it. Their mom and them are telling them it's still okay. It's right. okay for you to be this way. Or we can get through this because we don't want the family to know that hey my baby's a cutter because I want my I want them to know that my baby's perfect. Right. But what they don't understand is we're not perfect.
0: Right. And they put a lot of pressure on. And, and it does.
2: And to see you laughing through your pain, to see you laughing through everything you went through. Now you like you said you made it your master. You made it your your art. Um, What I what I experienced was, I went through my pain, but now it's my pleasure. Right. You know everything I went through. I'm not who I used to be, but I can use what I went through to to mold it into who I am, so that somebody else can hear that. Because now you have that little girl or that little boy um, that is hurting, that is stuff cutting, that that's doing all these things, and they're like, well, how do I get out of it? You got out of it. Right. And you use what you went through, even though you just said I had a meltdown this year. But you could still laugh through your pain. Right. That's how you know God is still healing you. Exactly. He's still molding you. Mm-hmm. And 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 even when we mold, we still gotta dry. Mm-hmm. Right. Even mm-hmm. when and when when we create this good art, we still gotta go through some things. We still gotta go make sure we're not being broken. Who's gonna buy my masterpiece? Right. Who are we? Right. You know, and we still gotta think about those things. So you you actually you would actually. Healing me as you was telling your story, because I'm right. still over here, like trying not to tear up. And I'm like, listen,
1: I was in the car I was on my way here. No, boy, I was like, listen, <laughs> you finna go on here. You finna talk to these people. You ready? Finna talk to people. You finna talk to people. And you ready to talk to people that you've been around that you ain't right. been around. And and somewhere somebody listening don't even know you. Right. Don't you get up there and cry rage? Right. And I'm sitting up there like, don't cry, don't cry. I'm that is good, but I'm proud of myself because I haven't cried. But I'll be honest with you, I want to cry. But That's it's okay. okay. Can't hey. cry. That's can. No. you need to know though. It's no, not no, no, fun. no. I feel comfortable to cry. I'm right. just saying. Yeah, it just saying it, it's, it's, it's just not, not a not situation where it's, it's not hitting oh, right, right, right. me. It's really not hitting me to the point where it's hurting. It's kind of like ah, right? Yeah, yeah. you did it. Yeah, and Excited. so what? And, and you know, you type, you know right. a
2: great thing about that is That's when weird. you walk out of here, you're going to have more demons. You want to know why? Because you told your story and you don't know who's listening to this podcast and they know you. And they're like, oh, wow, she went through that. And, and, and I only say that because it's real. She went through that. Oh, well, now I want to pick with her. I want to pick. I want to know more about her because I've never seen that side of her. Right. I never I, I never know her to be that part. I only know her to do my hair, do this, do this. Right. I didn't know that she went through right. that. But different
0: now. Thing. Exactly.
2: It's going to be right. a lot different because now, even when they try to come at you, you still know how to. Right.
0: Go, go, come on, right. baby. Right. It's like now, like she was saying, like how she just able to just sit right here and right. just talk about it. Like, exactly. I don't even feel. It's not even on, like, oh, I want right. to cry. It's like, I feel good just telling many, my story and right. there's nothing nobody can do about it. How many right. people
2: sit in your chair that's going through the same thing? Now they're like, oh, well, I can open up a relationship when I see her. Right. Because now, she's more transparent about it. People know. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So now. You 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 have, and I believe in that because I feel that, I feel like you have had self cutters, people who have cut themselves sitting right there in your chair or people going through depression, they're the only child. Right. But now, you
1: never know who's in your circle that right. you can mm-hmm. be helping. Right.
2: Through their healing process. And this
1: is like when I was younger, I used to wish and wish and wish and I used to ask for a similar all the time. I was like, nah. Um, But it wasn't, so it's interesting because I I do have two older brothers on my father's side. Mm -hmm. I ain't found out about one of my brothers until I was like in that almost teenage stage. And the way I found out was in the most unflattering way. Right. Um, And then that's when I realized my family got secret. Right. Mm. Or y'all ain't telling me stuff. Right. Then I realized, oh, I've been lied to a whole lot in my life. Right. All oh, shit. Oh man, I can't trust nobody. When I tell y'all, y'all hear me saying openly, my husband, me my own husband even tell you, I say this all the time. I don't trust nobody. And yeah. it's because it's like it's like it's like guided trust. Now, I'm going to trust you up to this level because you can't hurt me here. Right. But if I got to try to trust you where I'm vulnerable and you fuck with me, I personally cannot say what's going to come out on the other end of that. So I keep that guard up so I can... Stay my ass out of jail. Right. You know, because I don't know. God working on me. Right. And, you know, I be blacking out sometimes. Like, God so working on black. all of us. Oh, so. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to let that. you hurt me right here. I right. let you hurt me a little bit right here because I can handle that. And, and i just cut you off. Right. But if you get up in here you start digging at my heartstrings. That's why you got to know
0: how to, as women, we got to know how to protect our hearts. Yeah. We and that's to, something. Because a lot of people play
1: on burnability. And they know that's me the vulnerable. thing. Right. And and as I go through my life, I feel like a lot of people play on my vulnerability. They will. A yeah. lot on purpose. They will. And then try to paint you like you the villain, you the bad guy. And i be like, what? Yeah. Exactly. Because they exactly. get something out of it. Right. I agree.
0: But you're not going to keep playing with me. Because then, you're then you, all you're doing is
1: exposing that you got problems, too. Exactly. Right. It's telling the right. truth on you. But, you know, as the days go on and, and as it, it, it gets you know bigger and 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 I grow and and things happen for me I try to be mindful to tell people like I am real human mm-hmm. and y'all might see me bubbling 95% of the time but trust and believe that five percent of sadness and shadows it actually tramples over that other ninety five percent of being right. bubbly. So take it serious. If you have a friend who they depressed and they and they anxious, let me tell. Ta- let me let me just say this for y'all so called supporters. And I say so called because I really want people to understand the difference of real support. And I'm gonna support you just because it sounds good. Right. A real supporter is never going to. To make you feel worse than you already feel, mm-hmm. right? A real supporter is going to empathize. They're gonna tell you about yourself, but they're gonna do it in a way so that you don't feel less than a person when they're done. A person who is just supporting you for the cause, they're gonna they're gonna rip you apart. They're gonna rip all your emotions apart. They they'll try to find ways to validate your emotions like they wrong because they don't make sense to them, right? Mm. <laughs> Right. This ain't for you to understand if you either you gonna listen or you ain't bitch. If you're right. not gone don't, I on don't, I can write my diary like I've been doing. Right. But the people say I should talk to people, so I'm trying to talk right. to people. And trying I'm talking to, to you and you sitting right different. here and you sitting right here being fake in front of me like I don't know it. Right. And right. So that happens so much. So I just want right. to say if you have a friend or a loved one or a family member who's going through anxiety or depression who has been abused verbally, mentally, physically, um be there for them and let them speak their peace. Right. Because it took a lot of people around me to let me speak their peace because guess what? Like I said earlier, hurt people hurt people. And I had become abusive. I had started putting my hands on people. Right. That I that, that loved and cared for me. Mm-hmm. I had started to become a monster to me. I didn't even want to look at me for real then. Right, 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 right. 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 Like, bitch, who you think you is? What you mean? Right. Who are you talking to like that? Why are you doing that? This right. is me battling with myself in my head. And I'm like, something got to change. I don't like this. I right. don't like me. Right. I don't love me. This right. I ain't right. So, again, go back to identifying that problem. And now that I know the problem, Right. those things really can't hurt me. Anymore. Right, 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 right. So, that's that's my little take on it. And I'm hoping that... My story will inspire another person to be able to say it's okay, especially coming from a part. Because so many people think I'm so, you're so strong, girl. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." but sometimes we don't
0: realize how strong we are. Right. Because guess what? It didn't break you. Right. So you know you still
1: strong not all yeah. the way it bent me all the way like a lot of ways but i ain't but it bent right.
0: you but it ain't break yeah, you. yeah that's so the taught most it. important right. thing I, that, it bent you but it ain't break you and that's Man. and that's what's most important you still able you still sitting up in here death ain't take you you know mm-hmm. what i mean you still in here, to be able to tell your story and it's right. like you said like she said you just never know who how your story can inspire and it will inspire somebody that may hear it so right. like um I would say kudos to you.
1: Thank you, thank and I'm, you. And I'm
0: happy that you were able to um tell your story. Thank you. Um, so now, Lakeisha, you came out with a book called "The Innocence in the Wind." So I'll let you kind of go into that.
2: Okay, so um, I came out with "Innocence in the Wind" because of my past, but um, who I am, I am a social worker. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a non profit organization. Um, I do many, 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 many things. Um, my story, um, when I was younger, um what what I was when I was younger whew, my mom um had me raped at the age of five and I will get emotional because I still think about it, but when I was five, my mom was on drugs, um, and I was raped um, and abused by three guys, and so was my brother. Um, We ended up going to, and I won't go into detail, detail, but I will tell an overview of what happened. Um, Like I said, we were raped. One was my grandfather and two were other guys. They took pictures of me. They... Recorded what they did. Then I went to a foster home at the age of six. In the foster home, I was then raped again oh, wow. inside the foster home, where you're supposed to be your safe haven, where so it's kind. supposed to be your your place where you know you're supposed to be a comfort. Um, I was raped again by my stepfather, and in the process of me being raped by my stepfather, I was you know I felt like God called me then because. Come to find out he was raping his daughter oh, wow. but then when i when we came into the home they did keep us together um my mom was very very she did a lot of prostitution um drugs alcohol and so close like i said we were all taken it was me my brother who were raping. and then we had a baby sister she was like maybe a few months and then I had another brother but his dad took him at birth. So we were all taking They tried to keep us together so we all went into the foster home together. At that point they had to test twenty plus men to find out who my dad was. Um and on that twentieth man, 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 um they it was my father, he was in the Marines. And he came. I was about seven and a half almost eight he came to the foster well we was transitioning out of that foster care to another one and he came and of course as a child you think i don't want to go with another man i want my mom still right and um my mom i guess was still battling with her own demons or whatever so my dad came and got custody of me eventually it took a long process when to get custody of me then we moved and we moved to virginia Um, He was married, and his wife, who is my stepmom, she had six boys, seven boys. And when I came into the home, I was the only girl.
0: Right.
2: And at the age of 12, they were separate. Well, at the age of 11, my stepmom and my dad were separated. My dad was going back to New York, and um, we were in Virginia at the time because we traveled a lot. But we were in Virginia, and my stepmom. And my step and my, my stepmom and my dad separated. So I wanted a mother figure because she was still a good she was she was a good mom to me. Right. And at the
1: age
2: of twelve, um, I was raped by my stepbrother. Oh wow. And I can never I'll I never forget how I was selling candy. I I had on um a white dress, I was selling candy and he called me upstairs and I mean he was my older brother. And, you know, he did. He took my innocence away from me. So, um, my biological mom, I met her again. She tried to come to the school where we were at and steal me. And that was a a long story by itself. Right. So, when I was rushed to the hospital at 12, because my, my mom was a nurse, my stepmom was a nurse. So, when she came home... I was sitting in the tub and she came in on the toilet and the, the shower curtain was closed and she heard me sniffling and crying. And my brother had went out the back door, but my other brother seen him going out, you know, rushing out, sweating and all that. And my mom was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, um, he touched me. And she's like, who touched you? And I told her and she said, who touched you again? And I told her. And when she picked me up, when she picked me up out the tub, I had blood like everywhere. Oh, my God. And... I was like, no, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt. So my godmom, which was actually her niece, but really, really close to me, and she was from New York too, but um, she said, such and such, we need to take her to the hospital. Like, this is not a cycle. She said, no, she's just on her cycle. She was like, this is not a cycle. I could barely lift my legs. And I can remember us going to the hospital. This is the hospital where she worked at. She's well-known there.
0: Right.
2: And um, we go into the back room and, I can remember
0: the social workers
2: and them coming in there, the doctors and them coming in there. They said, no, she, this is not a cycle. She's definitely been raped. She's been split from top to bottom. And I'm crying and I'm going in and out because I'm losing so much blood. Wow. And um, I can remember the social worker lady came in and she said, um, I need you to be completely honest with me. And as a child at 12... They don't technically allow you to be in the room by yourself. Right. So you're in the room with someone else. Oh, sure, and sure. my stepmom came in there first. And one of the nurses allowed my stepmom to come in there, and I can remember her telling me that I better not say anything. Wow. And I wanted to go home and I wanted to be with my family. Right. So I said I had sex with someone. Wow. And the doctor looked at me and he said, Well, that was someone really big And mind you I'm twelve and my stepbrother was like nineteen, twenty or whatever. Right. Wow. And I can remember me coming out of the hospital and all I really wanted was my dad. I was like, I want my dad. I want to call my dad but I, I was not allowed to call my dad. I was not allowed to call anybody that stayed upstate I was not allowed to call anybody. So I went to my godmom house, which was her niece, and my godmom was like she was floor she was like i believe you
0: right
2: and i stayed in the hospital for about three days and when i was released i was released to her house and because i couldn't be around they were still doing an investigation so um i went to her house and she allowed me to call my dad and my dad already felt guilty for it happening in the past because he, he didn't know me right so my dad flew from new york and he came now. And him and my stepbrother got into it and fighting, and it was a big mess with that. But um, I went back with my dad. And after a short, maybe a couple of years, I was like, you know, I want to go, go back. And I went back. But in the process of me going back my dad, I still go back to my stepmom's house first. And, you know, he burnt me with the iron. Um, it Your was stepbrother. Like, my stepbrother because I had to go back to the home because right. my, my mom, before my dad could come and get me, my God mom had to fly out and and she was a contractor or something, accounting. So she flew all over the world, Africa and all that. So I had to go back with my mom for about a month before my dad would come. Right. and was um, a long month. Yeah. And I got burnt with the iron. um When it was time for us to eat dinner, it, they put rat poison in my food. Well, my brother put rat poison in my oh, wow. food. It was so many things that had transpired you know going there so um at 12 at 13 um I went back you know I was with my dad so I came back and maybe around 15 16 years old I came back and I was a fighter I was so angry I was upset I was I was like I hate everybody um nobody means me any good you know I don't know who my mom is I have to lie so I was I was I was a liar. I was a liar at age
1: 12.
2: Right. And um, I can remember me just being into the streets, like, just being around other people. But it never led me to do drugs, like, use drugs. It never led me to do, like, you know, drink alcohol to suppress my depression. So one of the things that I would do was um, I was quiet. Right. People would talk to me. I wouldn't talk back. I I didn't want to talk to anybody. I I didn't trust anybody. Um, So, people's like, this girl is crazy. So, um, I met this guy. And he was, like, one of the biggest drug dealers in the 757. Biggest drug dealers. Drove the final cars. And I met him. and And... he showed me so much love than I had ever have gotten so of right. course I attached myself to him. Right. So I lost my virginity um at 17 and the first time I ever lost my virginity I was I got pregnant. And I can remember and and like I said I had, I'd been dating him for like 2 years so I felt like I was I was the jank like I had the finest shoes, right. I had the clothes, everything I wanted. I didn't have to want for anything. Right. And he was like my God, I he was my idol, right? And everybody was scared of him. I can recall me being around. He had all these drugs and the guns, he was and like your perspective. yeah, he was. And he was everything to me. Like right. I didn't have to stay home. My stepmom, I was like whatever. So, all of the things that I had been through, I just put in a box in my heart and I just locked it. Right. That was done. So because he made me feel that he he made me feel great. Safe so place. right, I went back home to New York and. I, I can remember coming back because I was pregnant and I came back to let him know that I was pregnant and I said hey I'm pregnant and ABCD he said I want you to come home and my dad was like you think it's a great idea and in a way yes as it is as much as father so I came home I was about four months and I stayed home with my stepmom but I wasn't there at her house I was more enjoyed at his grandmother's house or whatever so um I found out the month that I had been gone or a couple weeks I had been gone, he was messing around. And when I came back, I said, you know, I'm done. I, I can't do this. I raised my child on my own. I just found out I was having a girl, A, B, C, D. So I remember him saying to me, um, if I can't have you, nobody can. Right.
0: Right.
2: And day one that I told him that the girl met me and they had been, you know, she said she was pregnant and all that. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I, I, it hurt. And he shot at me. I remember him seeing me and he said, you really want to leave me? And I said, I do. And he shot at me. And this maybe about four or five days later, I'm walking down the street in Norfolk and biggest day and I can, rem- I can remember hearing people in the back of me. I was walking to the store, and I can hear people in the back of me. And, I, and the girl he was messing with came up to me, and she was like, I'm so sorry. But the whole time, it was like a setup. So, it was sunny outside. It was hot outside. Everybody was out there. It was in the summertime. And mind you, a couple of days prior, he had shot at me and my stepmom, pressed charges on him or whatever. But um, <laughs> I can remember people in the background like no, such and such, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And when I turned around, mind you, I'm still strong sure five two. Now I think I've been that been that height forever. Right. He's like six four. And I can remember him saying, So you really gonna leave me? And I was like, Go ahead on, I don't have time for this, please go. And he hit me with the gun. And you're still pregnant. And I'm still pregnant. Right. And he started fighting me. And I'm so short, I go to his stomach. And all I could do was try to fight as much as I can. And and I had my phone in one hand. And I said, God, well, well before I did that, he was fighting, fighting me. And I didn't have any more energy to fight him. So, I remember he hit me with the gun. And that was it for me. Right. I laid out. And um, I said, well, if I pretend like I'm dead, maybe he'll stop. Right. So, I heard this pop. And I was like. I'm dead. Literally, I said that to myself, like, I'm dead. But it was me bleeding from my, my, my area. And they was like, oh, she she um she's bleeding, she's bleeding. So he went to go cock his gun back. And I said, and before he did all that, I said, God, I said, if you get me out of this situation, I promise you, I will submit to you. And when he went to go cock his gun back, it jammed. And when it jammed, um, He still tried to work with it, work with it. But I don't know if somebody called the police, but I heard the sounds. So I opened my eyes, and I seen him running. And I got up, and where we stayed at, it was numbers. And I I can recall me walking from 28th Street, and I stayed on 31st Street. And the, the way the police found me was through my blood. No one actually helped me out there. I had to literally walk... And I still had my phone because I put my phone in my chest when he was beating me because I said I knew that would, would help me when I got to a place I could tell them where I was at. Right. So I made it from twenty eight to the end of thirty first, but I still had to go down to some streets to get to my home. And I could I remember all I I seen my it was going in and out, and I just passed out. When I woke up, I was in the hospital, and I knew I was pregnant, a big belly, but. When I started touching myself, I knew something was wrong. Right. So, when I opened my eyes, again, social workers, everybody's in there. And I'm like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? And then I had to have my stepmom and them say, he killed your baby. Does that lady came out. He killed your baby. So, I went into another depression with that because going back, the doctors told me I would never have kids because I would, the many times that I had been raped. Right. Um. You actually get pregnant. Right. And then I got pregnant. And then, and then I went through domestic violence at 17 years old. So time went on, time went on and I began to get into church. Um, I had dropped out of school. Um, I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't want people to judge me. I didn't didn't want to do anything. So I dropped out of school. Um, I tried to go to GED programs. I tried to do all this other stuff. And then I went to church and I joined like the junior missionary and I did all this and I went back and then I graduated. And I knew that was my first step because nobody in my biological side had graduated. So I began to transform, but I was still hurting in the inside. My box was still locked on my heart. And I, I remember me going to court for my my ex, and I remember the judge saying, I, I got on the stage. I used to get nervous, and I used to play with the side of my hair to the point that it made me ball on the side of my head. Oh, wow. And that is how I used to heal. Like, that was my depression. Right. I tried to um go on the campus celebration in 757, seven, and I was going to jump over the bridge because I was like, it was no longer for me to be here.
1: Right.
2: And I remember me standing on the top of the bridge, and I was like, God, I don't want to be here because I don't drop out of school. I have nothing to love for. I don't know this. I don't know this. And as I was about to jump, I literally heard somebody say, You are worthy. Right. Literally. Because if I say you are worthy. If you don't take that next step, I promise you your life will be more than what what, what you're about to do now. Right. I literally backed up and I walked over the Campbell Bridge all the way home. And I sat there and I just bridge. cried. <laughs> I love that bridge. And I just cried, cried, cried. I cried. And and after that, um I began to write. I began to write in my journal. Um, All my hurt. I used to always say I hate my mother because I felt like it started from her. And after all that happened, um, I said, God, I want to meet my mother. And I can remember I was asleep one day. And God, in my sleep, told me exactly where my mother was at. Literally. Right. I got up with my best friend at 1 o'clock in the morning. And wherever God had led me, I got up. I was drawing a map. And when I tell people this it gives them chills. I drew a map.